You just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. a new attraction attendance has spiked that was awesome corporate felt genetic modification would up the wow factor it was designed to be bigger than a t-rex what happened to the sibling she ate it all right nerds what a nerd nerds 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 i'm not kissing a nerd what is a nerd, nerd! holy crap are we nerdy Welcome, Nerdables, to episode 89. This week, we are going to do our Jurassic Park review, or I should say Jurassic World review, and I'm just going to get it out right now. There will be spoilers, so if you haven't watched the movie yet, watch the movie before you listen to this podcast. It's weird to watch the movie when it's still in the theater. I know, right? I always say, like, go see it instead of watch the movie. Like, if you're at home, you say, I'm watching a movie, but if you go to a movie, you're like, I'm going to go see a movie. I'm not going to go watch a movie. <laughs> It's weird, but like it's, know, that's the that's, way that yeah. we do it. I, I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, if, I, if ever I go to a film, I'm not going. Hey, I'm going to go watch Jurassic World, and I'm going to go see Jurassic World. But if I'm at home, oh, what are you going to do tonight? Oh, I'm going to watch Jurassic World on my TV. Yeah, that's just weird. I don't know. I don't know why that is, but so uh, Chris and Travis are both MIA tonight. But joining really? us, I'm, I'm MIA. Oh, I said Chris didn't. Yeah. I meant Travis and Ethan. Well, apparently, I don't have to be here anymore. <laughs> We we have just your voice, yeah. We could just dub it you in just, all this. You just didn't want me to be here, so. But joining us for the first time is a fan, joining all the way from Ohio. We're joined by Brandon. So Brandon, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> He's gonna fill in for Ethan tonight, doing the uh, not so much commentary. <laughs> so uh, Brandon, when you were uh, on Facebook, you made a comment to why Ethan wasn't here, and I I wanted you to share it with Chris. So I remember listening from a couple episodes ago when you guys were making fun of Ethan because he only sees like three movies a year in the theater. Well, that wasn't a couple episodes ago. That's pretty much every episode. <laughs> yeah, so apparently this isn't one of Ethan's movies. <laughs> or he's already well, seen yeah, his I, quota. I, I think we said something about... We, I think we did make a comment. We did, yeah. the, we did the... the um, summer movie review. The summer movie review. And I said, no, he already saw Avengers. So he saw like one film. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, it's a shame he's not going to see Jurassic World or Martian or whatever that one was that we watched the trailer for last week." And Ant Man, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you guys both saw the movie, and it's not together though. Not together. Yeah, no. we were, we that would have been an interesting way we to go. Since you yeah, flew all the way out to Ohio to see. <laughs> now, um, Brandon, you saw it in 3D, right? Yeah, biggest mistake I've ever made. Because see, we haven't seen it in 3D yet. We were talking about going to see it in 3D IMAX. Saving me, saving money. Well, I've had someone here who's actually really liked the 3D, but said that he was disappointed he saw it the first time in IMAX 3D. It's kind of like what I've said for a long time is if I'm going to see a film for the very first time, I don't like seeing it in IMAX especially, but even 3D because I feel like I miss a lot of the film. Like I saw Batman Begins, what is that, 10 years ago now? Feels like it. Oh, yeah. no, it probably is. 2005, yeah. six, somewhere around there, yeah. Um, I saw it on the IMAX screen at Universal for the very first time. I missed like a third of the movie, especially those fight sequences are so quick and your peripheral can't keep up with what's going on. So, yeah, that's why I like with Guardians, I waited to uh, 
go to like the third or fourth time just before I saw the, the IMAX. Eighth and the seventeenth <laughs> and the forty-fifth and the nineteenth time. But yeah, uh, so what was your experience with it in three D? Uh, I went and saw it with my younger brother and my two cousins. So I kept talking to my cousin halfway part ways through the movie, and then <laughs> other parts I was. Um, so what didn't you like about the three D version? I didn't really see any 3D. Like, there was no contrast. I kept seeing 2D most of the time. Which, you know, what, that's what you've kind of said all along, Chris, is like, with movies... Well, if it's, if it's done really well, if it's, if it's one of those up-converts, that's the worst thing in the world. Right. Even, even now, as it's gotten better than when they first started up-converting, it's still totally worthless. Like, if you have a film, obviously, like Avatar, where a whole bunch of the money went into 3D, and it's built so completely... In a world, there's no real plates in it at all. Almost the whole thing is green screen. I think it's easier to have it be 3D. Right. When we saw episode one in 3D, which answers the question from what was it four weeks ago, where we said, "What the hell was the last movie we saw in 3D?" Yeah, that's it? right. It was episode one. It was so subtle. Yeah. It was very little in the 3D, and that almost seemed like they just blurred the background plates. Right. You know, so it wasn't as crisp. It wasn't as in focus. In terms of the whole screen, so that you know the rocks would be out of focus in the pod race, and Anakin would be really mm -hmm. sharp. And you're like, okay, that's not really 3D. You could do that as a 2D, also. Well, it seemed but like it wasn't it, distracting. It pulled out the depth of it. Yeah, it's like it's almost like they pushed the when when they're up in space, they push the space backwards and they pull pull the guys forward, which obviously would mm -hmm. be the point of 3D. But it, it it's a lot of these type of films, especially the movie this big, you're just sort of like, do I really need it in 3D? Right. You know. Well, Brandon, was there anything in the 3D that you did like? The end scene where they're fighting. With, with um, the, it's the it's major, major spoilers. <laughs> well, there's fighting. The there's fighting in the film at the end. <laughs> there's lots it's of fighting. The, it's all the Jurassic Park games where they have you can yeah. fight other dinosaurs. Yeah, the battle royale. Well, the that uh, the Jurassic Park game that we were both had, you know, on the uh, iOS. They changed it. I think you'd stop playing, Chris. They changed oh, yeah. It. No, I stopped it when I was like, it's. You spend $20 to try and get your Triceratops to become an adult. And it's like, oh, it failed. Yeah. <laughs> Please buy $20 worth of in game $20 in order to get it to. No, that's true. Well, then they changed it where you can take your dinosaurs and battle them in a, like a battle royal type thing, like a gauntlet match. Okay, so. It's been. This movie is—it's been getting a lot of praise and is now the highest-grossing movie of all time for an open weekend. Do you feel like it's 1993 again, Chris? As you're laughing at Facebook, <laughs> there's a new batch of the uh, Rick Grimes and Carl jokes. Oh. <laughs> Originally, I didn't like having a beard. Dad, stop! But then it grew on me. It grew uh -huh. on me, Carl. <laughs> These are amazing. <laughs> so do you, do you ah! <laughs> how I'm come lying. Barbie never got pregnant dad come on because Ken always came in another box oh, he came in another box Carl <laughs> <laughs> hey Carl there's a new movie called Constipation dad it hasn't come out yet <laughs> it hasn't come out yet Carl <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to get back to Jurassic Park? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I was asking you, because this movie has done so well, does it feel like 
when the first Jurassic Park came out. No. There's nothing like that first Jurassic Park. And there never will be. I mean, right. You have a revolutionary film that made nearly a billion dollars in 1993 money. Yes. It was also in theaters for three months. Yes. I saw The last time I saw it, when I went for the fourth or fifth showing, it was in August. Right. And it, it released on June 11th. And so <laughs> it, it's, it's not the same thing. It's not even close. Lost World had a huge opening weekend, too. Sure. Monster opening weekend, and then and then kind of fizzled after that because it wasn't the same thing. And obviously, the, the talk of it, it's very little that you... Very few movies, if any movies now, that have that so revolutionary feel. Maybe Avatar, as like the last one where everyone's like, you have to go see this, whether you like it or not. You should go see it just to go see it. Yeah. You should see how big this is and how crazy it is and all the 3D and everything like that. This isn't that at all. I was shocked, really. I thought this was, you know, so many people said 2015 was going to be the year that the movie, you know, the, the bubble bursted in these type of films and these these genre films right. and these pop culture films because there's so many. There's in, I mean, really, you have Avengers, which performs about what they're expecting, maybe a little bit mm -hmm. less. You have something like Mad Max, which didn't do fantastically well. You have something like Tomorrowland, which is going Did to cost Disney yes. $200 million or more. And then you have this film that you really, you had to think when, when it was first announced, this was the one that was going to get lost in the shuffle. That's right. what I was afraid of. I'm like, oh, people just aren't going to care. It's been so long. Two and three are, are really hated for wrong reasons and yada, yada, yada. But I'll say that the the marketing guy at Universal, who was the hard, who was whoever drove this, whoever developed this marketing scheme, right? That guy deserves a raise. Oh, it was great! It was great because marketing they scheme. did they did a great job of releasing just enough those TV spots that are ninety percent of what you've already seen. But there's that one new scene that mm -hmm. kind of gets you jazzed again. The website, the the Masrani website, is fantastic. I mean, I lost hours going through that site for it and getting you excited about this idea that hey the park is working this is cool um and just you have you, you luckily you have stars that are big on the movie you have chris pratt doing doing a lot of um press for it in addition to the weekend before the, right. the june 4th and 5th or whatever jurassic park is on nbc it's hosted by chris pratt you know, he's given the bumps to the commercials, and then there's a little scene at the end that, that shows you uh, another piece of it. It The Super Bowl spot, they picked the right images for the Super Bowl spot. They use the Mosasaur as, we're not going to show you the Irex yet. We're going to show you this big, huge Mosasaur that you mm -hmm. wouldn't see in it. Brilliantly done. Got people excited. Got people out there. I mean... Well, let me ask you about this. Okay. What did you... Compared to the first film, how did this rank? How did this stack up? Well, I said nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna, to me, nothing's gonna beat the first film in terms of not only the content of the film but everything around it. This right. is my Star Wars argument. Episode one could have been Citizen Kane, and mm -hmm. everyone still would have hated it because it wasn't 1977 right. or 1981. If you went to see it, you know, in '82 when you went to see it when the re-release. For me, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park means a lot of different things to me because I was someone who found the book before I even knew there was a movie. Sure. Even though it was purchased before it was published. But it was 
I found the book. I remember I've been looking at the book for the longest time going, this can't be about dinosaurs. Nobody writes books about dinosaurs. This is stupid. I'm sure this isn't. Never looking into it. And somebody else telling me, no, it's totally about dinosaurs. You need to buy it. Bought the book and finished it in two days. Yeah. Um, and then found out like a week later, there's going to be a film. And you had all that build up and, and you were given pre-internet. You didn't know. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, there's, no, there's CGI in it. What? Well, yeah, and CGI was still very infant. Still very infant. And, and some of it was good and some of it was terrible. And you're sort of like, what are they going to do? What? Oh. And then you go see it. And someone like me, that film, what's going on in that film was my dream since I was three years old. Right. To be in the presence of a real dinosaur. And they convey it so well. That, op- that, that scene with the brachiosaur is everything. When he well, turns around... And sees the, the him getting sick or, or you know, getting kind of lightheaded and uh-huh. he sits down and, and the music from John Williams and you go across the, the plane and you see the little lake and everyone coming out of it and the way that, you know, just is that they do move in her. Everything with that film, it has a ton of heart. Right. And that was one of the things that people were talking about with this. Like, it just doesn't have the same heart as the first film. Well, there's a difference between one. It's a very different film. And also, the first film is directed by uh, some guy named Steven Spielberg. Uh, he's done yeah, some and he's done a couple indie of projects. Yeah, he's one of the greatest directors yeah, in the history of cinema. Projects. So I don't think it's fair to compare a guy who this is his first big film in Colin Trevow. Trevor, Trevor, I can't say his last name. Trevow? Trevow? Okay. It's T R E V. I can't remember. Trevorrow. Is it Trevorrow? Maybe it's it Trevorow. might be Trevorrow. So, Brandon, what did you th- think compared? Because you've seen, you've obviously seen all the Jurassic Parks, right? Yeah, um, my first experience with Jurassic Park was kind of like Chris. I found the movie of the book at Half Price Books, and I started reading it. And then I tell my cousins that I'm reading it, the same cousins I went to see Jurassic World with, and they tell me that there's a movie. So we go out to the movie store and we rent it. And me, being the seven year old that I am, <laughs> I got scared watching it. That's okay. I was then, I was uh, ninety three. I would have been 17 around there. I got scared. <laughs> like, <laughs> I realized the first time I saw it, the, the T-Rex attack on the road, and it like kind of got to the end, and I just went, wait a minute, I've been holding my breath for like two minutes. Like, what what just happened? The, the second or third time I saw it, we ran into people from school, including a, a, my friend Sammy. There's a girl named Sammy, and she's sitting next to me, and the T-Rex attack hits, and she does the classic, like she jumps over mm-hmm. towards me. And she actually held my hand through the whole T-Rex. I'm like, this is the greatest <laughs> movie ever. This is awesome. Arabella saw it for the first time the other night. She had, uh, you never showed it to her before? She never wanted to sit down. I mean, she'd start to, but then, you know, I guess it just, she lost interest or it was scary for her. But she watched it all the way through for the first time, and she had the same reaction as you did, Brandon. You know, she was about the same age that you were when you, well, she, well, she was eight. So, yeah, she was about the same age you were when you first saw it. And she loved it, but she goes, there were some scary parts, Daddy. But, you know, because she's, and the funny thing is, she's just recently been asking us, you know, what is DNA? And, you know, can you tell me about DNA? And I was like, well, let me show you Jurassic Park, because it's a perfect way to introduce you to DNA. Um, did you guys like the, I, I, I don't want to call them Easter eggs, because they weren't really, like, hidden very well. But there are a lot of throwbacks to the well, original film. That's the thing; film. it's not it's not Easter eggs. I mean, call it, someone online was like, "Oh, the whole scene where the the kids find the original visitor center, like, oh, that's an Easter egg." I'm like, "No, that's a major part of the film." Yeah, 
That's how they escape yeah. from in the middle of the plains. They find a jeep from the, the original visitor center. Now you know why that toy was made. Yeah. Um, it's the wrong number though. Yes, they have twelve on the one that's uh, that the, the the one that's out in the stores. But anyway, um, like that to me isn't an Easter egg, right? It's the Easter egg for me is when the when the the when Hoskins group shows up, the shot in the helicopter mm-hmm. that's the same shot from Jurassic Park, right? It's a shot exactly the same. It's almost the same chopper mm-hmm. that you know the tracking shot of the chopper from the left to right, and as you turn, you see the island and the waterfall. That's the same exact shot. That's what I was going to tell you. When we were sitting here with Mikey and uh, the other night, and we were watching, oh, the game, when we were playing the game, and they're in front of the waterfall. That's the same waterfall that the kids jump off of in Lost, er, in uh, Jurassic World. I don't think it can be, because... 20 no, years later. Yeah, but there's no... There's nothing... that. The, thing ends in a pool and then there's the it, it, which the if you look at it if you look have, at it well, no it, but that's what i mean there's it's like a river right the, well the helicopter pad's gone i mean obviously you know 20 years it's going to change some of it yeah i don't know if it's the same but anyway i mean there's, there's stuff like and then there's little pieces of malcolm's book yeah and that's the, like that's not an easter egg to me it's like that's just you're establishing the world that they're in right an easter egg sort of thing to me is something hidden or something that you may not get when the t-rex finally shows up in the last act he smashes through the spinosaur skull mm-hmm. or skeleton that's on display. Yes. To me, that's something sort of like, hey, we want to show you that Jurassic Park 3, maybe Colin Trevor Trevall is like, that. there's no way. Yeah. There's no way that a spinosaurus is ever going to beat a T-Rex because you know it's not that much bigger and its jaws are weaker and yada, yada, yada. That's the kind of thing that you look at and you kind of laugh at. The Easter egg of you know Jimmy Buffett's in the film. Right. And he's carrying away. And I caught that immediately. Oh, yeah. Or at least the scene, you know, I'm watching and I laughed and Melissa asked me later, like, what'd you laugh at? And I said, the guy picks up the two margaritas and he's, you know, he's running away from the, from the, the, the flying reptile attack. And I said, I think that's Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. I don't know if it is, but I think that's him. And sure enough, it is. Well, him. I kind of, I knew that he was in it before I saw yeah. it. And there were things like you saw at the end that, you know, Brad Bird did the, um, the monorail voice, mm-hmm. um, Colin did the Mr. DNA because the, the gentleman who did Mr. DNA passed away. Right. Um, Do you know why Jimmy Fallon was doing Because the... of the Universal ride. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a ton of like that. To me, Universal that that's ride. a little Easter egg. That's the thing. Like, you wouldn't know why. Like, right. For someone like me that hasn't been in Universal Studios in two decades, I had no idea that, that, that Jimmy Fallon did the ride, did yeah. the video the, on the tram. So when I saw that in the movie, I'm like, okay, because it's Universal. I mean, obviously, NBC is owned by Universal. This is a Universal picture. Mm-hmm. Along with legendary, I, I didn't know that the Jimmy Fallon thing was arriving universally because I've never been to Universal Studios. Yeah, so that's and, and it's like to me, it just made sense. It's like, oh, it's it's an in-house, uh, it's an in-house talent, right? Know? So that that's why I thought that and that's part of the reason he's there. Well, too. when I first saw it, because I haven't been to Universal in a long time, and you know, I didn't realize that he's now doing the voice on it either. And it seemed to yeah, me a little well, out of place at first. But then... Instead of instead of the tour guide in the front going, right, you know, keep your arms and legs inside, and if you there's seat belts and motion sickness or whatever, it's now a video that Jimmy Fallon right does the. Well, they the they've done that with some of the other attractions too. They get oh yeah, you know, there's a bunch of that type yeah. of stuff. Disney used to do that at Disneyland for the yeah. longest time. Um, was there anything in this movie that you were very surprised at? Let me go branded first. The, you, the, the, go ahead. The giant shark, the uh, Mosasaurus. The Mosasaurus. Is that its name? Yeah. Yeah. 
it coming out and getting Vin Domino's back was surprising. Yeah, I, when when I saw them, when it switches the yeah, when it, when it when it turns the camera, and it was worth it. But when it turns the camera and you see that they're right next to the pool, I kind of thought that was going to be the end. Well, because I also caught when they were talking when they did the tour and they were talking, you know, when they before the fish comes where he comes out and gets the jaws like you know, uh, great white shark. They mentioned that sometimes he the it would attack prey that's close to it outside of the water. Yeah. Which is total BS, but okay. <laughs> well, did you? Uh, that, uh, that was another thing I wanted to ask you, Chris. Um, you've had you as uh, being a dinosaur fanatic. You've had questionable um, concerns about the looks of some of the dinosaurs. Um, I don't, I don't concerns. I understand a lot of the choices they made. The one that I was disappointed did you like in? The- well, the one I'm disappointed in is the apatosaur. The, the brontosaur. Right. That leathery look, to me, isn't aesthetic- aesthetically pleasing. And when someone, you know, there's been debate online about, you know, oh, the raptor should be feathered. Um, and then everyone's like, no, it's in line with what they looked like in the first film. All of the Isla Sorna mm-hmm. um, or the Isla Nubar raptors didn't have feathers. The ones on Isla Sorna developed them, blah, 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 whatever. But if you're saying the reason that that creature should look like that, then you're talking about the sauropod in the first one, which is a different creature, and the brachiosaur has the kind of bumpy, more skin, and right. this one has the... Again, it's an aesthetic thing. Did I just you, didn't like the aesthetics of it. Did you like the M-film explanation to why the dinosaurs don't necessarily look like they yeah. should have? and it's funny because it's actually the flip of Wu's uh, statement in the book. Uh-huh. In the book, he tells Hammond... Uh, he told Hammond that he could make them slower and he could make them more docile and he could make them less ferocious. And Hammond says, no, I want them exactly as they are. Right. And so in the book, the the dinosaurs are supposed to be presented as they would have been. And they're just so much more than anyone would have thought. Where in this film, you're sort of like, no, they would have been slower and they wouldn't have been as bad, but you wanted more teeth and you wanted it to be bigger and stuff like that. So I thought that part was kind of funny. Did you, did either of you guys see the tweet that came out in like the last couple of days that, the why the dinosaurs didn't have feathers it was because God. Spielberg said with the original back at the original uh, making of Jurassic Park he said putting feathers on the dinosaurs would make them less scary yeah and at the time the evidence as to where they would be and how much they would cover and again Jurassic Park is filled with scientific inaccuracies. Mm-hmm. First off, the creature that you're looking that's called a velociraptor is not a velociraptor. And it's not even just the size. Right. The head is completely wrong. It's a Dionychius. It's a North American dromaeosaur. That's its exact size. Mm-hmm. A Dionychius full-grown would be about eight feet long and would be able to stand up to your shoulder, if not a little bit taller. And it has that shorter, almost bullpup nose as a head. Right. That's what it is. In the book... The Velociraptors are the right size, but uh, the reason that Michael Crichton said he chose it was he didn't want to keep typing Dionychius. <laughs> he was going to use the Dionychius at one point because it was bigger. He went with the Velociraptor instead because he could change the name to Raptor. Right. And it you, it became, I mean, the last third of that book is just Raptor, 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 Raptor. Sure. So it was easier to It's a lot to easier to type, yeah. Type, yeah. And so, I, and, and again, I didn't care. The Dilophosaur in the original film, nothing like what a real Dilophosaur would look like. A Dilophosaurus is 20 feet long. Right. The frill thing, when people are like, oh, there's no scientific evidence for that. Well, you may not have found it. The poison thing, 
There's no scientific evidence for that. In the book, he actually explains it because when Muldoon says the first time they found out that the Dilophosphorus split, spit, they killed one and they dissected it and they couldn't find the poison sacs, which means it wouldn't have showed up in the skeletal structure either because it's not where they think it is. In a way, it was almost an in-book in explanation as sure. to why we wouldn't have seen this. But well, the, thing is, the thing is, with, with all these type of films, I think audiences are smart enough to realize it may not be completely accurate. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it pushes people to ask those questions. I present this type. What I just said to you, I've said a thousand times to a thousand people. And it's not something I never do it as that. Those aren't really velociraptors. They're so stupid. You know, it's just saying, no, that if you really want to know what a velociraptor looks like, it's about a third of that size. It's got a much longer snout. It's much thinner. The, the arms would be a little bit shorter. The sickle claw would be shorter, obviously, because it's a smaller creature. Right. And that's there you go. I mean, that that's it. The the, the T-Rex in it is as accurate as you had. It's probably a little exaggerated in the head. It's less boxy than, than what a T-Rex may mm -hmm. have really looked like. But even paleontologists, Jack Horner and, and Robert Backer have been arguing for years over what a T-Rex would look like and how it would act. And apparently T-Rexes live a very long time because that was supposed to be the T-Rex the from the original movie. It is. Because um, it shows the, the raptor. Well, this was actually on just last, last weekend because la the weekend before there were tons of dinosaur specials on Nat Geo. Um, they've done bone slicing of what they think are full-size Tyrannosaurus Rexes. And they've counted up to 33. Okay. So they're, they're saying in the way that the bones are layered – they think a T-Rex could live anywhere from 25 to 35 years. That's a long and time. Naturally, in a long time. Well, I mean, if you get to think about it, you know, you do have... Well, you, I mean, you've got creatures now. You there have, are reptiles that, yeah. that live... Oh, there's, there's... Look at tortoises. Right. Tortoises can live up to 200 years. Right. If they, and, you know, you even know, alligators and crocodiles. Alligators live. and crocodiles can last a long time, too. Yeah. It's... In a natural lifespan, a creature that would reach that size would have to be fairly old anyway. Mm -hmm. If the... Specimens that they have that they believe to be juveniles are in fact juveniles, then it wouldn't have even reached full size until 15. Right. Because to grow that large, you need a lot of food. As a carnivore, you don't get that kind of food. It's not like an herbivore. A sauropod probably would have reached full size in five to 10 years because it's just constantly eating over and over and over again. So it's able to, to you know, and, and the metabolism of those creatures may have been different as well. So, right. Um, is there anything? We'll start with Brandon first. Is there anything about this movie that you didn't like, Brandon? Uh, <laughs> I like dinosaurs, and <laughs> I liked the movie. Was there anything about the movie that you just went, oh, God, why? The house at the beginning. It looked a little like. It looked like it was in a snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess if you have to nitpick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, how about you? Um, not really. I mean, there's some things. The movie is very over the top. It has a much different tone than Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. The characters presented in it are very archetypal. Chris Pratt, as Owen, starts off as a badass, ends off as a badass. Right. Starts off as a guy who cares about people, ends off as a guy who cares about people. He doesn't change anywhere in the film. The kids don't really change anywhere in the film. The subplot of the parents divorcing again. Yes. Um, they don't even, I don't think they mentioned it in the first movie. It's in the book a lot that the kids are sent to the island 
because their parents are getting a divorce or they're already divorced or something like that. And Lex is having a hard time with, you know. So do you think they that added that just? Maybe. But it's it's in there and then it's just dropped completely. Right. Versus the much more interesting thing is when Judy Grease's character, their mom, is talking about the fact that the brother can be so mean. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see him change a little. But it's still Hoskins' character way over the top. Oh, yeah. Dr. Wu's character is totally different. Oh yeah, he's completely. I think the only I said I thought there might have been a missed opportunity in Doctor Wu, like either the the deal or whatever that it's Biosyn or mm-hmm. one of those rival companies that's trying to do just basically telling Wu, hey, if this goes shit sideways, grab as much as you can and we'll give you a whole lot of money. See, and I wish they would have done that or made some kind of reference to it because then that would have tied in the whole the first one, because to me. The the first one with trying, you know, stealing the embryos and everything, and that whole meeting at the very beginning, it was just a small plot point to say, hey, we've got to figure out a way to have the park go completely haywire. Well, that's the that's the whole point. This is something we've been talking about in the book. There are two things that happen that are wrong. One, Nedry shuts down the park, but two, on the tour, Tim and Lex are looking out at the mat, the maintenance boat, the supply boat, going back to the mainland, and there are raptors on it. Right. Because this is what leads to the breeding, where Wu and 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 um, uh, the 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 park manager, played by Samuel Jackson, whatever his character's name sure. is, sure, uh, yeah, I forget. Um, um, that's what leads to them saying there's no way. There's only, I think in the book there's six raptors, and they said the six are right here. I'm telling you, they're on the ship. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's no way. And then they find out, okay, they're breeding. There can be raptors that are unaccounted for. They're on the ship. It's going back to the mainland. And then everything shuts down because Nedry shuts down the system. Right. Now they can't communicate to the boat to say, you need to turn around and come back. So two things go wrong with the park. The, the fact that they're breeding in the book is very dangerous because the dinosaurs have escaped. The very first, uh, the very first scene in the book is a dinosaur in a nursery on the mainland in Costa Rica because it's escaped. It's gotten right. onto the boat and it's escaped. When Nedry shuts everything off, the one of the first dangers of it is they can't call the boat and tell the boat to turn around and come back. The time, the race against time is now Grant and the kids are trying to get back to the control center to let everybody know that they're there, there's there's raptors headed for the mainland. In the movie only thing that goes wrong is Hammond doesn't pay Nedry enough. Mm-hmm. If Nedry doesn't shut down that system, that whole weekend is fine. Right. Nothing happens. The park opens. The park everything. opens. Yeah, that, that's the kind of the, the thing that I said. The, the movie almost destroys all of Malcolm's thing of the life finds a way. Life's going to, you know, they, they find the, the Velociraptor egg and like, oh, look, life found a way. Who cares? As far as the movie is concerned none of the dinosaurs have escaped. They are all still contained on the island. And so in the, in the movie, I'm like, well, if Nedry doesn't turn the stuff off, this is, everything's fine. Right. It's not chaos theory and whatever. This film is very much the other way. The creature itself causes the chaos. Yes. That destroys the park because again, man makes the creature, but the, the, the idea, they made again, the creature it's the too same well. sort of thing. Yeah. It's, it's, we, the hubris of all of this is hubris. My friend, it sent me is like I don't understand the premise of this film because after the first one why why would you make this park and I just sent back a bunch of dollar signs and that's the theme of the movie 
the whole thing with the, the corporate sponsorship. That's why the product placement in this movie worked it's probably better than sense. any other and movie I've seen. And most of it isn't even paid for. Right. The, all the stuff that the... Um, that uh, what is it? Jake John Jack Jackson's character, or whatever yes. the the control room character says, none of that was paid for. Verizon didn't pay them to say right. the Verizonosaurus yeah. or whatever. It was put in there because that's what. If you're a sports fan, this is what you're. Well, seeing. if you've had a park for twenty years, and that's the thing. Not I mean, only is it going at, to be expensive, you're going to need those type of of dollars to come in. You need to now, and it's a self-feeding thing. You have to keep your investors happy. You have to keep your product placement mm-hmm. happy. You have to keep going. We see this in sports. You have a team. You have a company that pays five million dollars to name an arena. Your team sucks, and nobody shows up. That that company is now looking at you, saying, "Hey, here in L.A." Well, you've seen arenas change well, names. Well, that's new rights and stuff like that. You're seeing it now here in L.A. with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Time Warner Cable is is or the Dodgers are now pissed off at Time Warner Cable saying. You, yes, you gave us a bunch of money, but nobody's watching us because right. you're in a dispute with every other carrier on the planet. Mm-hmm. So nobody in LA can watch the Dodgers. There's so much money involved now. You're trying to do all these different things. There's so much money in this. They have to make a new dinosaur because, oh, dinosaurs are not, you know, it's not cool enough. The kid, and you see that the youngest kid, dinosaurs are still really cool to him. The oldest kid doesn't care. Right. You know, it's sort of like he doesn't give a crap either. He was more interested in the girls. Yeah. And it was just, no, I, I think it's. Well, they made a good point with the movie. You know, there's, there's you have of, to keep making it bigger and better. It. Well, there's a lot of smarts in it. There's a lot of stuff that's very self-referential in it. It makes fun of itself mm-hmm. when she said the Indominus Rex, and she's like, really, that's what you named? Hey, it's supposed to be something easy, okay? It can't be Avarek or Mendor, yeah, or whatever the name that she spouts out there. And it's sort of like we know the name is kind of dumb, but this is exactly what you would name something like this. Yes, Unobtainium. Right. Transformium. I mean, we've already seen this in films where it's just the names are so ridiculously stupid. Brandon, but, what did you think of the Indominus Rex? I would like to see what all what it's all made of. Like you know, that there's dark fog and Velociraptors uh, and cuttlefish, but what else? Like just just a full diagram of everything that it's made of. Yeah, I think the I think he even says it's the base is the T Rex, and yes. then it throws everything else in there. Well, you could tell to me the raptor was very obvious that it was a part of it from the very beginning because you could you could look at especially when they showed the T Rex's arms, the it had more of a, a the their version of a Velociraptor's arms than a T Rex. Um, did you like the fact that it was able to camouflage itself and hide from? I liked it, but they didn't they didn't use it enough. They only use it in one scene. Yeah. And people are like, oh, that's that's never been in in, um, in the novel for Lost World. The the Carnotaurus actually has that when when they get to one of the one of the abandoned parts of the park, they're actually being chased by Velociraptors, and they run down this embankment, and the Velociraptors stay at the top, and they're like, why did they stay up there? And then they realize that there's a predator there, that the, even the Velociraptors fear, and it's because it's the Carnotaurus, and they can't figure it because it's camouflaged. Mm-hmm. So they've used that in in, in the book before. And uh, no, it, it's it's cool in the spot that it's in, and they never use it again. That's the only problem I had. They they yeah. they give you this cool little thing, and they never use it again. Yeah, Brandon, what do you think of him? I liked it. Um, like Chris said, I'd like to see more of the camouflage. Is there any uh, qualities about him that you didn't like? No. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't. I mean, I liked- it it was a good design, and and think of it, we. Did you like the fact that they made him white? Yeah, like I said, it would stand out. Yeah. So that it wouldn't... And it was more terrifying. Well, it was... 
again, it's it's part of the the thing that we just threw a whole bunch of stuff in there to try and oh yeah, well we didn't think it would camouflage itself, but we threw in cuttlefish because that was the way to get it to mm-hmm. to make this sequence work or whatever. It, it, again, it's it's all Malcolm's thing of not understanding what you're doing, just doing it because you can do it. You're right. looking at the small thing instead. Of, so there's there's a lot of those pieces that Malcolm is talking about. Well, see, in and the I first think film, and even more in the first book with the longer passages that are there, which he, in which he really just destroys scientific progress in terms of uh, you know getting it out of the university system and putting it in the hands of private mm-hmm. companies and these people doing this for money and yada yada. It, it remember what remember when we first started talking about this film and we they. That, that was released that the cuttlefish was in it we're like oh god that's gonna be so dumb yeah, yeah we were just so like we were worried about this film like crazy and the the idea that there's a nice nod in there where he's talking about using the raptors for when hoskins is talking about using the raptors for military purposes and i had someone again i had someone say that would never happen and i um you realize the military uses animals all the time the navy trained dolphins to seek out mines well isn't there a reference in the first jurassic park movie to a military aspect or something. Not that I remember. I could have swore there was there's something. There's one. There's the the Tops comic that came after them all the way in, back in '93. That's one of the major storylines. Later is that one of the there's some government trying to capture the Raptors to turn them into into super soldiers or whatever. The one of the original scripts for Jurassic Park four, like 15 years ago, was a dinosaur human hybrid. Oh yeah. As a dino man used as a military person and. I think there's a very subtle nod to it in there of saying Hoskins character wants to try and figure out how to get these to work for the, the military. Mm-hmm. But again, the idea that if people are rolling their eyes at that and going, Oh, our military would never do that. They do it all the time. That's what a working dog is. Right. Um, the fact that it's not mind control, that was helpful too. We, when we first were talking about this, the possibility had come up that they were altering their brains. And there was mm-hmm. mind control. The idea that they would have been trained again. We train creatures. You see, circuses use lions and tigers. Well, you know, you can you. train. You can train dangerous creatures. Probably not as dangerous as this. And if you want to nitpick anything, the fact that they would ever let let those things out free without shock collars is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, to not have some sort of embedded shock collar in it, so that if it does something nuts, you just hit it and you can just knock it out. Well, they have the you know the, the whole tracking system in there. But the tracking system doesn't mean anything. You're not going to leave as we beep it up. Yes, yeah. I think we lost Brandon for a second. I'm getting back. Do, 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 do. It's still recording, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Brandon, we lose you. Yeah, I accidentally hit the hang up button. Whoops. <laughs> um, that's the that's the like one of the things I'm watching them run and go. Why would you not have shock collars on them? Why would you not have something on them that could de- de- that could dis- de- that could debilitate them? Yeah, but it's it's just there's pieces in it that are just cool. It's just if you're going to go see it, it's just it's going to be cool. The last fight is cool. The chase sequence is cool. It's there's a lot more chasing and crushing and scariness. There's a lot more gore than there is in the first one. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's not a gory film, but there's a lot more that that are in there. When he picks the one guy up and he and crunches him over the tree, yeah, and then the blood hits the camera. I'm like, okay, there you go. That's kind of crazy. No, I mean it was. There's, there's just cool images in it. I thought it was directed. It was. Well. A, did you? Either, both of you answer this one. As a summer movie, is this everything that you'd want in a summer movie? Yes, because I don't see movies typically. <laughs> well, there you go. They come out. That's uh, that's your ringing endorsement there. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a, 
I don't want to say it's a big dumb popcorn film because it, it is, but I think it's smarter than that. It's hard to just say that, but I think it does it it does hit those beats and it's satisfying. My my coworker saw it three times in three days. Yeah, and when I was first talking about the first time that that she saw it afterwards, I was like, "You hated it, didn't you?" She's like, "No, I I I understood a lot of the updates, but really all I needed was the last fifteen minutes. I got what I wanted watching Raptors and T Rexes and Indominuses fight." And Mosasaurs and stuff like that. And, and the that end sequence is crazy. Oh, yeah. And really, well, I mean, as much as you see the dinosaurs fight each other, the first film that the T-Rexes and the, the, the Velociraptors go after each other for like two minutes, the Spinosaur T-Rex fight is very, very small. Mm-hmm. So now you have a fight that's like 10 minutes long. Yeah. And it's a great hero shot in it when he comes in. But as, <laughs> as people are complaining about the characters, and I told her, you know, the, the really archetypical characters that are in it, and she said, yeah, there's not a lot of characterization. I said, well, that's what this is the type of characterization you're going to get in a film like this. They're going to give you a whole bunch of humans, and all you care about is you, you cry when the raptors die. Right. You know, so that was, it was sort of the same thing. Speaking of the raptors, because um, I know that we were really worried about this. When we, as soon as we saw the first trailer with Chris Pratt on the motorcycle with the raptors, you know, we called him his, what, like his raptor gang or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's got a, he's got a pack. Yeah. Were, were were your worries put away? Well, I said it just it looked cool, so it was like okay, if it's going to be, you know, if if you're gonna do it, it's it's got to be cool, it's got to be fun, it's got to be, and, and there's a lot of it, let's take in the fun. villain and make him a hero, you know, making him a hero. Yeah, you know, that's a lot of that stuff too. That's that's in every movie, and they're not really heroes. I mean, they kill a whole lot of people in that. Film. Oh yeah, no, and they I, kill that the was bad like, guys. Yeah, but they do chase. I mean, they chase your main characters over and over again too. Well, yeah, they went after you know, and after they turn, and them. then at the end, they're just sort of like, oh yeah, sorry, Star Lord, I forgot yeah. <laughs> we're supposed to be your friend. All right, we'll turn on the good guy. Here we go. You gave us food, Brandon. What do you think of the Raptor uh, pack? Uh, I liked it. Um, Nathan, my brother, he kept whispering over to me. He's like, "How did uh, um, how is this still a raptor alive?" I'm like, "Cause one of the one of the raptors blew up." Like, yeah, I saw that part, but two of them, one caught on fire. The other one was slashed into the wall. Forget what happened to the third one, but. And like the one that was slashed into the wall, blue, is still alive. He's like, no, it got hit by the, it got hit into the wall and died. And I'm like, no. Yeah, they'd be a little bit stronger than that. Yeah, you never see, Again, what, well, you never you, see what happens. To if him. you want to go back to the book, that's uh, something that uh, Muldoon's character says in the books. Like they are, they're extremely hard to kill because their nervous system is so spread out. Uh-huh. And so he's like, they were using in, in the book, they don't use shotguns. They, they were using rocket launchers. To try and blow them up when they, when they were attacking the compound, because of that very reason, like you, you just can't, you know, just a regular thing. The hides would have been thicker, right? Than we would think of and stuff like that. So, well, did you like the? Uh, I call it the fastball special because it reminds me of Wolverine and uh, Colossus when the Raptor jumps off of uh, off of the T Rex back and. Yeah, it's not really a fastball. He doesn't throw him. No, but like if I mean, he were to pick him up by his tail and throw, throw him, 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 then it would have been more. Which would have been very hard for T Rex to pick yeah, him up. Yeah, it was like that would have been. No, it, there's, it, it's like. I thought it was well choreographed as a fight. There's a lot of movement in it, there's a lot going around. It kind of reminds you of um, uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong when the, the vine fight, mm-hmm. where they're, they're falling through the vines and it's just, you know, back and forth and craziness and stuff like that. So 
I thought I thought they did a good job there with choreographing that fight. I want to go see this movie again. I have a chance <laughs> to see it again. Really I've seen five movies this summer, and all of them have been excellent films so far. Yeah, I've seen one. <laughs> you didn't see Avengers? What the fuck? No, I was supposed to go see that, and then. Oh, you saw Tomorrowland. Uh huh. It didn't get the kitchen clean until. That always sucks when that happens. Um, so are they going to release the dinosaurs in Tomorrowland? That'd be cool. <laughs> With Mad Max driving. Then it wouldn't it. be. Then it wouldn't be Tomorrowland. It would be Adventureland. Oh, <laughs> um, so poor Tomorrowland. We were we were wa- uh, doing a hike through uh, like Malibu Hills uh, the other day, and Arabella was whining because it was taking so long and everything. And Beth was walking with her, and she said, "Arabella, if you don't hurry up, the dinosaurs are going to get you." And she looked at her, looked at Beth dead in the eye, and looked at her and goes. Mom, we're not in the crustaceous period, so there's no dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, crustaceous. Period. Interesting. <laughs> She's eight. She's <laughs> Beth so was just amazed that she got realize, that out. Didn't realize the the edges of your sandwich were a Mesozoic yes. era <laughs> epoch. Crustaceous. Um, okay, so in one paragraph, wrap up what you would think of the the movie, Brandon. Awesome, 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 awesome. Well, there you go. <laughs> no, I just it's That's more than what Ethan would have given us. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean it's it's a fun film. I think it's a film worth seeing on the big screen. It's probably gonna get me to go find an IMAX theater to see it. I haven't seen a movie a regular movie in IMAX in forever. Um <laughs> if I go see this in IMAX three D, it'll be the second Chris Pratt movie I've seen in IMAX three D. Yeah, but it'll also be like the fifteenth time you've seen a Chris Pratt movie in IMAX three D. <laughs> um what do you think? What do you think of Chris Pratt as an actor? I mean, he has become the next big, you know. Well, that's the thing is, as much as as you want to say a big thing, that level of stardom does not exist anymore. That '80s thing when you could put Tom Cruise in anything and it'll have a big weekend, it'll be a big fo- film. Right. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Brad Pitt. Um, even even by the time it got to Brad Pitt, these type of genre films are proving it's the film. It's the it's the bulk of it. Right. You're not going to go see if 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 Chris Pratt gets you know put into a film that you have no interest in. You're not going to go see it just because it's Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. You know if he puts if he gets put into just an absolute you know classic rom com, you're not going to go see that. It's, right. not any, it's not a film you're interested in. You're not sitting there going, you know what, Chris Pratt is in that film. I need to go see that. That doesn't exist anymore. Chris Pratt has done a great job of being in three projects in a little over a year. That have absolutely destroyed because the film itself is successful on many different levels. He's the only actor to have a Lego minifigure for every movie he's done so far. Yeah, and the great thing is they're just using the same one too. Yeah, <laughs> the same the same head for the Star Lord is uh, the same head for Owen in the Jurassic World set. Did you feel like because his character in Jurassic World felt a lot like Star Lord at the yeah, I mean. It, they're all kind of the same character. Yeah, I mean it's it's a Han Solo type character. I don't even think it's Han Solo because it doesn't. He's not as look when you first meet Han Solo, he's an a hole. Yeah, and then that's the big change when he shows up at the end. You're like, okay, he flipped. Um, it doesn't change in this. Star Lord doesn't really change much either. I mean, he's kind of selfish at the beginning, but he never really. He's never really like just abandoning people for no. reason. He may reason. be an a hole, but he's not a hundred percent a dick. Yeah, whatever. Um, That's the line out of the fucking movie. Yeah. Sorry, Brandon. I don't remember. Uh, I don't I've only care. seen it once. 
Um, You've seen it more than once. You've seen it more than once here. What, Guardians? No, yeah. I haven't. I've never seen it here. Really? As many no. times? No. We just watched it last night. No, I've, I've <laughs> only seen it once. I've never seen it again. Um, I don't know what I'm saying. Chris Pratt's greatest asset to your film is how amenable he is to promote your film. Yeah. To go out there and promote your film, to be a really cool dude as a regular person. His apology letter before he ever did any of the press because of what happened with Chris Evans in, in Jeremy mm-hmm. Renner. He had a long tongue-in-cheek apology letter about, I'm going to say something stupid. Hopefully all of you will forgive me and everything will be cool. Again, doing stuff like hosting the Jurassic Park and having all those bits be really funny. You're getting in there and going, see what this movie is all about is because characters, dinosaurs don't move these films. Nobody goes to a Jurassic Park <laughs> film to see dinosaurs. They go to see people like me. Right. So if Jurassic World is successful, it's because of me. And if it fails, it's the damn dinosaur's fault. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> there was, there was, the, all the bumps were kind of like that. They were those kind of tongue in cheek things, and they were releasing like stuff from behind the scenes. There's the one of him dancing, yeah, you know, where he's like stretching out and he's doing kind of a lot of the moves that he did as Star Lord or whatever. And that's the one they've used now as a meme where he's doing the. I didn't know what the move is, but he's like gyrating his hips in a circle, right? And he's looking all swag, and there's just money falling all around him <laughs> because of the weekend. <laughs> And I was like, that's good. He's one of those ones. It's kind of like what they said with Harrison Ford. I mean, Harrison Ford has, if you take the films that Harrison Ford is in, he's made a gajillion dollars. Yeah. You're talking about three films now, just in the opening weekend for this. What did what did Guardians end up as? Something like 500, 600 total? I think 700 so. yeah. worldwide or whatever it was. Um, and then the Lego movie was huge too. Mm-hmm. So he's made a lot of cash. And he's, the difference being like, they, they talked about that with Samuel Jackson. I'm like, yeah, but he's a bit player and, a lot of those types of films. Well, the other because thing he was in, they, they talked about it because they're like, oh, Samuel Jackson was in the first Jurassic Park and that made nearly a billion dollars. I'm like, he's in it for like five minutes. Calm down. The other thing about Pratt is he he's kind of an average guy, even looking at him. I mean, nah, he's not not anymore. Grant, I mean, granted, now, now <laughs> he, well, he was in Parks and Rec. In Parks and Rec, there was oh, some, yeah. God, there was some like dramatic film that he did, and that was the running joke. It's like, oh yeah, I had to get ripped for like Sense and Sensibility or something like that. There's something hilarious where he said that, that that's what he had to get in shape for, not yeah. for uh, um, Star-Lord. Star-Lord. Or just to be anyone in a Marvel film. Right. Unless you're Robert Downey Jr., then you never have to take your shirt off. Uh, the, the Marvel ab spray. No, I mean, it was... And you have a guy in the the, the, the Jake Johnson or whatever, the control room character. That He's him, another good actor. Him, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Chris Pratt were on the show that replaced Craig Kilborn, James Gordon, I mm-hmm. think. And I, I haven't seen more than 10 minutes of that show, but I watched the whole thing because it was hilarious. Yeah. And there's a great story that Bryce Dallas Howard says that she, she's home. This is like a year before they're doing anything. They were going to do this film. She's home with her husband watching New Girl and admits to him that Jake Johnson is on her list of <laughs> I Get to Cheat, never thinking that she would work with him. Right. So the first day on the set, she runs over to him and says, you're on my list and my husband knows and runs away. <laughs> And didn't interact with him as much as he thought. Jake Johnson's got to be like, all right, great. I'm liking this movie now. Like, all right, what 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 do I do now? So, and and he was hilarious in the interview too. And and he talked about stuff like he's they told him to ad lib, and he he didn't because like you can't really ad lib in this type of film. Mm-hmm. It was like he, was so much information I had to get out so quickly, and stuff like that. Like he didn't he didn't get to improvise as much as he wanted to and stuff like that. It was Speaking of Jake Johnson in this, um, I still think the way he had the dinosaurs on his console is a Firefly Easter egg, or a little nod to... Uh, uh, you're reaching. 
I don't know. When I saw no, it, I was like, because he even makes a comment, and I kind of think it's a comment from it. I think I think you're reaching. Uh, so, uh, Brandon, what would you give this movie if you're going to rate it? Ratings. Uh, 9.5. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what do you think Ethan would have given it? He was not going to see it. A so seven. Eight. An eight? <laughs> Ethan would have been zero. I didn't see it. Uh, it's an eight. It's it's okay. It's I, couldn't leave, I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave my house. It, it's to Ethan eight. <laughs> it's Ethan an Ethan. Eight. What do you think, Chris? As a as a major fan of all of them, I mean, because you even like, I mean, I like two and three. Yeah, I I like two and three. They weren't. I mean, two wasn't. I like to. I watching three two. Three wasn't my favorite, but three isn't anybody's favorite. And and I'm not saying that three is great. I'm just saying it's not that bad. Where people are just like, oh, it's just a waste of a movie. It's not. I think there there are good pieces in it. The Spinosaur stuff is fun. I think a lot of people got upset because the T-Rex isn't in it. it. You know, as a major star of the first two films and the T-Rex isn't in it for more than two minutes. Yeah, it's barely So in everyone's it, yeah. like, oh, but they were trying something different. It's Again, it's directed by a different person. Mm-hmm. Some of the shots are, the budget isn't as high. That's one of the problems with it. Is right. The animatronics in it, you know, the, the full size or, or almost size Spinosaur that they use for when he attacks the, the fuselage of the plane doesn't look as good because it's, you know, and they shot a lot of it in the middle of the day instead of shooting it at night. One of the, the things with Jurassic Park is so much of it is shot at night. Yeah. So you can hide a lot of those flaws. Um, but I enjoyed it. I, I I thought the characters in it, I think that's actually one of the more funny ones. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. You know, the second one, I, I enjoy the second one, too. Um, I really like Pete, uh, Pete Postway's character, the, the other hunter there. Um, he was awesome. That made that made perfect sense to be there like that. Yeah, and it's like again, I enjoy that film for for what it was, and and things that they you talk about a movie that's nothing like the book. Um, so I don't I don't dislike those, and, and at the end, it's like the dinosaurs in it are still awesome. Yeah, I still love the raptors in the third one. The problem with the third one is the ending. Is, is the end just comes out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And it, I always tell the story. I went to see it. My friend Antoinette went with me because I didn't have anybody else to go with. And she's a big Simpsons fan, just like I am. And we get to the end of the film and the credits start to roll. And she leans over and says, and then the children were saved by, oh, let's say Mo," which is the <laughs> end, the famous end of one of the, the Simpsons episodes where the kids get stuck on an island. Uh-huh. And they just end the episode with the kids on the island and like, oh, someone saved them. And that's what that is. <laughs> to me, Jurassic Park 3 is almost in ki- akin to Lost World because that's what I accused Michael Crichton of. You kind of get to the end of that book and then he just tossed his word processor off of a cliff. He's like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> go ahead and finish it. Because it ends very abruptly too. It's just like, oh my God, stuff's happening. Ah, the helicopter's here. Let's go. You know. <laughs> Whereas Jurassic Park, the thing with Jurassic Park is its climax is 40 pages before the end. Yeah. There's a lot more going on. Once they, they're trying to get the park kind of under control, the helicopters are coming in the morning. They're going to bomb the park into non-existence. Um, but Grant and Gennaro, who survives, uh, have to go and find where the raptor nest is. Mm-hmm. And they find the raptor nest just as the bombs start dropping. And then the helicopter comes. And then there's another part with him like on a, on a resort or something like that. So there's a very long denouement on, on the Jurassic Park Ooh. novel. When, um, when I first saw the movie and... Grant says, call the damn helicopters. I'm like, oh, they're going to blow up the island. And obviously they don't. Um, so I thought that was cool. But you're also saying they're going, the stuff with Site B, like in the book, everyone goes to Site B because these dinosaurs keep showing up on the mainland. Right. And the character in it is sort of like, I know something happened at this island and I'm not sure what it is, but supposedly everything got destroyed. 
So where are these things coming from? That's the point of the book. If you're looking at the movie verse now, that first island would have just been left alone also. Yes. In terms of the backstory that they've told you in this is 10 years after the original in 93, the Maserati Corporation buys InGen wholesale and discovers that the island is still there. You're talking about Lost in, World. No. In the movie verse, the Maserati Corporation in 2003, this would be after Lost World sure. and Jurassic Park 3, the existence of dinosaurs is known because of the, the end of Lost World. Isla Sorna is a mm-hmm. is a is a park, you know, is, is a nature preserve that is inaccessible. This Maserati Corporation buys InGen because the first island is not under control of the government. In right. a way, the first island is the secret. The second island that's dis- that is shown in Lost Correct. World that everybody knows that Isla Sorna exists and there's dinosaurs on it. Maserati Corporation buys this knowing the dinosaurs on the first island are still alive. Right. And and Dr. Breeding, Wu, yes. Dr. Wu is still alive. There's still the technology still exists. And that in 2005, they open the park. The park in the film, the park's been open for a decade. I thought it was open 20 years. Mm-mm. It's been 20 years since the original. Oh, that's what. Okay, yes. The park's been open for a decade. That's why some of the dinosaurs look so much older. That's another part that, that some people said that's why the, the, the patasaurs look the way they do, mm-hmm. is because they're much older. Although 10 years probably wouldn't mean anything for it. But anyway. Um, so, and again, like, I love that kind of backstory that they gave to it that's in there. Maserati's kind of crazy, too. Yeah. That $23 million invested in a moment. I'm just going to blow it off. <laughs> um, you know, him flying the thing and everything was. Yeah, I mean, some of the humor is really forced. Um, but. Oh, good. Fireworks shipments delayed. Um, see, here's one thing about Wu's character. I think that if he's been making dinosaurs for 20 years, he would start to get a god complex. The Wu thing is totally different. He is such an evil scientist in this. Yeah. And it doesn't fit with the way that's presented. B.D. Wong's character, for as little as you see him in the first one, is just sort of like, yeah, we make dinosaurs. This is cool. But wouldn't you? But yeah, if we you were dinosaurs. making dinosaurs for 20 years and now you were manipulating genes and you know creating your so own just, versions it was just kind of, of like dinosaurs. It's so different. And especially when it's paired with Hoskins, who's just kind of like, oh, that's pretty crazy. Because um, the Hoskins character is just like over the top. Yes. Like super villain. Oh, he's completely super villain. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, it's it's weird watching him in this and then watching him in Daredevil because I mean, cause he, the Kingpin, who is an over the top super villain, is more down to earth. and Yeah. It's, it's a much more subtle piece. Yeah. But it's obviously a different, a different tone. But it is kind of funny because they kept referring to him as the head of security, and he's not. Right. And that's so why I'm like, okay, well, why do they keep referring to him in all of the the promo items of head of security? He's not head of security. He's never he never even wears a Masrani thing. He's just sort of there. Yeah. I, well, he's like military. He's, he's a liaison. Yeah. He's a liaison to the piece, and yeah, he's got this contract with the military and stuff like that. But so, Brandon, is there anything else about this movie you want to add? More dinosaurs. I wish Wu would have died because didn't he die in the first book? Who's that? Will. Dr. Will. I don't remember. Arnold. That's his name. Um, I know Arnold gets killed. Hammond gets killed in the book. Yeah. You might be right. I can't remember. I, I think it's... Yeah, he might be the one. I think it might be Wu that's on the uh, the balcony and he gets picked up from above. Like the raptor's on the roof and it actually just lifts him up and kills him. I think you might be right. 
I thought he was trying to do something in the lab, and the raptors come into the lab and take him. Mm, I know they're in the lab. There's the part in the lab where Grant and the kids are running through, and there's the baby raptor, and the two raptors come in, and then they tear it apart, which you're just like, when you're reading it, like, oh, that poor little thing. Um, but yeah, I don't remember who's in that. I thought he was the one. I've been trying to find. I, I actually own four copies of Jurassic Park. I have three paperbacks. And you can't find them all? No. I have three paperbacks, and then I have the first gift edition that has the color plates in the middle. It's actually signed by Michael Crichton that I bought at a used bookstore for like $5. I popped it open. I'm like, no, that's really Michael Crichton's signature. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find the one. I just bought it at like the library sale for a dollar. Probably in your storage reason. unit. No, no. My I know where my original is, but it's in it's behind a whole bunch of stuff. But there's one I bought a little while ago. My father looked at me, he's like, why are you buying that again? I'm like, it's a buck. Yeah. And I there's a movie coming out. I'm probably going to end up reading it again. I said, I've only read it five times, six times, five times. But Brandon, and I've read pieces of it over and over and over again. Brandon, in the movie universe, they can't kill Wu yet because you know there's going to be many, many, many more Jurassic Park movies. That's where the fear comes. It's like, where do you go from here? Because this is kind of the problem with the first one. This, this is the thing where people are like, they got to the third movie, they're like, oh, it's about a dinosaur on an island again. And like that's you, you kind of have to understand that's the that's what you're going to get with a Jurassic Park film. It's going to be dinosaurs that are in this kind of environment. Um, having again, having have, the park you have open, a dinosaur in the second one that goes in the mainland. And everyone thought that was the dumbest part of that movie, right? And so you're like, well, what do you want? You don't want dinosaurs on the mainland. You don't want dinosaurs in the city. And now you're tired of dinosaurs on the island. So yes, this was the only place they could go here. If the second film is trying to gain control of the park again, then you're like, well, it's just the same film. Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with that. Like I said, I'd watch four hours of just them going through the park. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with it. Oh, yeah. As yeah. I'm watching this film, every time something happens, I would turn to just, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. I want to go. Come on. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go see dinosaurs. You know, can you that the T Rex thing? I'm like, yeah, I stand in the T Rex compound like that. I'm like, oh, cool. There's just glass here. And I'm just going to watch them walk by. Uh huh. What's up, Rex? Um, Oh shit! What was I gonna say? Um, I don't know where the sequels are gonna go, and if it goes in the military, it seems like yeah, then you're like, mm. but at least we got this one. And then the the last one will be dinosaurs in space. Because problem with some of it is the reason they introduced the Spinosaur was to try and introduce a new major villain that people would think is as cool, if not cooler, than the T Rex, and then root for the T Rex. And the problem was. They're trying to find that dinosaur that's going to be their new star, a mm -hmm. real dinosaur, and it didn't work. That right. was what people had a problem with. It's like, oh, well, it's a Spinosaurus. I don't care about the Spinosaurus. Um, you made a dinosaur here, but you got rid of it. So yeah. what are you going to do in the next one? Is it going to be a T-Rex again, or is it going to be another hybrid? Well, what did, what did are you, you going to do? Did you see the computer monitor and Wu's... Uh, yeah, there's, there's all the, the stuff that like the toys are. They have yeah. the, the, the Stegoceratops, with yeah. the Triceratops Stegosaur one. And stuff like that. But again, if you're just going to do that type of stuff, and the toys did that at the end, too. There is a fusion. There are fusion right. toys all over the place. It was hilarious. And one of them is a gigantic raptor, too, in yellow, black, and red. It was a crazy colors. I love that toy. It's got well, huge they, arms. But did you notice that arms. they were talking about a mini raptor and some other things? Well, there are mini raptors. Right. There's mana raptors and stuff like that. There's a lot of other stuff that you can explore, but again... Without doing it on an island. Well, it's the, you can't. I mean, or this a is, competing park or something. This is going to be what it is. 
that's what Jurassic Park is. And if that's if you're like, oh, I don't want to see this, then you don't want to see Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's the point of it. Did you like the Avery? The Avery, yet again, the Avery doesn't work. Um, yeah, no, I, I like the design sense of it. Wouldn't you think that it would be more than just glass? Like there'd be some kind of other. Oh, I'm sure it's more than glass, but you have a chopper falling through it. <laughs> and also, I mean, the the creature itself is pretty strong. So, now remember, you have you have the Spinosaur in the third film crash through a concrete barrier. Yes. You know, just just destroy it to pieces. I did like the fact that they had, um, they had multiple you know species uh, you know in the Avery. Yeah, they have the two different types in there. What do you think, Brandon? About what the Avery? Yeah. I think he just wants to go look at them. <laughs> you just want to go to the want to go visit the park. I'll go, I'll go to the Avery. Yes. Okay. What? Universal of Life, like this giant chunk in Orlando, and just like recreates the Jurassic World and has animatronics in it. I would like to live there. <laughs> I'll take even the holograms that are in this movie. Yeah. What did you? It's kind of funny. He mentions Orlando from the first one. Uh-huh. I should have built an Orlando. What did you think of um, the petting zoo? Because I know when you, when you saw the Triceratops in there, you were like, <gasps> I want to ride a Triceratops. That's actually, if you want an Easter egg, that's actually an Easter egg. In the very first script for the the first movie, Lex is supposed to ride a baby Triceratops out in the field. And they cut it because and they actually built, they built an animatronic baby Triceratops to put Ariana Richards on and it would move. It was very expensive, but they cut it for time. And they're like, we built this whole damn Triceratops and we can't use it. They got pretty close to finishing it completely, and they, they it was cut from the film. So when I saw that, the first time, I'm like, ah, look, the baby Triceratops, and they're riding it. I just got when the Tyrannodon starting to pick one up. I'm like, you put that, you put that Triceratops down. <laughs> I'm like, kick your ass, you stupid Tyrannodon. Would you have guys have liked to have seen a, a grown Lexi or Tim on, no. the, on the island? I think I think Woo was enough to to bridge that gap. And then it, I don't think you – I didn't want to see Grant. I didn't want to see Sattler. It's like let's let's move forward. Let's no see Malcolm. new people. Nope, don't need Malcolm. Don't need his adopted a daughter. I don't need any of that. I don't need anyone who survived any of any of those films. Um, I, I thought like this was they, what I like how they reference like Hammond in it. Yeah, they had the, they also the statue. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, so wrapping this thing up. Um, Rar means I love you in dinosaur. <laughs> Rar. Rar. <laughs> Would you go see it again? I'm trying yes. to go see it again. I just have to find time. I Brandon, for what? I need to find my gift card to AMC to go see it again. <laughs> All right. Just make so sure everybody wait. does the dishes. I would see Age of Ultron because our AMC has Age of Ultron in there. Yeah, that's another one you should probably go see on the big screen too. I yeah, think that's that's worth it. There's a lot of cool visuals in that that's that's good to see on a big screen. So, so did did this movie live up or exceed your expectations? Um, yes. Not as what I expected once I finally got to it. Really? If you're talking about the initial, hey, we're making a Jurassic Park four, and there's a dinosaur made out of a cuttlefish, and there's a, there's a dude from the army that's going to be on there, and the raptors are going to be controlled. I'm like, ugh. But they did it in a very the, – the point that was there was so small. Mm-hmm. And the points that you're looking at of all the raptor thing will make sense the way that they did it. 
Um, this you, is this is what I expected to be a big film with a lot of dinosaurs, not great characters. Um, I do love Bryce Dallas Howard. I, people are like, oh, she's not cute. I'm like, she's gorgeous. Do you think waiting as long as they did helped make the film? You better? have to if you're going to do it this way. Yeah, I, th- I think you have to if you're going to do it this way. And it was the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. To me, you know, it's like, well, we're going to wait 22 years and do it, and here you go. Um, well, you're talking from the original, from yeah. three, you know. Well, that's the thing is the other two films don't have to deal with Jurassic Park in terms of the park. Right. So this is the first one where you're dealing with the park aspect again. There's very little in, in Lost World of just the idea that we started to build a park in San Diego and we decided not to. Right. That's all that exists that actually ties it into Jurassic Park. They're trying to steal these animals to build a park. Number three, obviously, is just a rescue mission. Number two becomes a rescue mission. Just we need to get out of here. Yes. A survival mission. And then to rescue the wrecks from being killed and stuff like that. So I think waiting is it's because it, it, it feels new and it feels fresh to you because it's been 20 years since you've seen them even try to make a park work. Do you think calling it a soft reboot is the correct terminology for this? Because mm. I, I don't. Because to me, a, a reboot is. If you're really talking about a reboot, it's 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 getting rid of. You're remaking. A reboot is basically a remake. Well, this That's is, why when people are like, "Oh, this is a reboot," it it's not. It's it's a direct sequel. It's a continuation. Yeah, exactly. It's a direct sequel. It's it's the fourth film in the franchise. Right. Um, it's like, and the, there's no re- there's nothing in it where you would expect them to reference the other two mm-hmm. islands. There's no... As the way that they constructed it with Mizrani Corporation buying it, hiring Dr. Wu to create more dinosaurs, there's no reason for them to try and go to the other island. And when you really think about it, if it is a governmentally protected nature preserve, they would have go. never been able to right. go. Um, they wouldn't have been able to hold the operation that NGEN holds um, that that um, Arliss or whatever holds in the second film, trying to capture the animals, get them off the island. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> it it it's a direct sequel. It doesn't need. They don't do anything in it that should reference those other two islands at any point. There's nothing in there where you go. Wouldn't they mention that there's another island a couple miles away that has a whole bunch of dinosaurs on it? Why don't we go there? The dinosaurs in it look different than the ones that are on Isla Sorna. The raptors look different than the ones that are there. Um, they obviously, some of the other creatures that you have are, are, are not on the other island. Um, you do have a patasaurus, which you see in the second film. But So the, here, here's actually how it's going to play out for the next sequel. The Disney Corporation buys the island and Jurassic Park, and Tony Stark renames it the, Sa- the Savage Land. <laughs> so it fits into the Marvel Well, world. it's something uh, one of my friends on Facebook said. Um, after the news this weekend, Marvel is fast-tracking a devil dinosaur movie. Um, which I'm sh- I'm absolutely shocked there isn't a devil dinosaur cartoon. Yeah. Like, you could totally do that cartoon. Because you do the cartoon because you want to use the Savage Land for it. I was like, why wouldn't you do that? Oh, the Savage Land will be in Phase some 4, probably. It can't. It's why? an X-Men property. Is it? Yep. Even though it crosses? The first sure? time, the first time is in is in X Men. Are you sure it's not one of those ones that will because cross? It, it starts in X Men. It was it's where Sauron is. Oh, That's yeah. where they, they discover the Savage Land in X Men, and then Kazar comes out of it and stuff like that. So they'll use if, if I had to use my if I had to make a guess, the Savage Land concept is in the the Fox deal. 
So, but as a cartoon, you can use whatever you want. Right. So I've I've always been shocked that they didn't make a Devil Dinosaur Kazar Savage Land with dinosaurs cartoon. Yeah. Especially in '93, I'm like, why wouldn't you do that? That would be totally cool. But nope. So on that note, let's wrap things up. I want to thank Brandon for uh, being our Thanks, one li- continuous listener all the time. Even when he gets... Thanks for talking more than Ethan. <laughs> Even when he gets grounded. It's a good thing Ethan's not going li- to listen to this. <laughs> right. His ears are probably burning. Uh, Brandon, what was it like being on the show? I liked it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah make, make sure you... Yeah, uh, now he sounds like Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> I know you hate the movie, but it, uh, every time I see The Fifth Element and uh, <laughs> they have the... Um, the Chris Tucker character going to Bruce Willis with the microphone. He gives the one word answers. It reminds me of Ethan on this show. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I definitely want to thank Brandon for continuing to listen to us and actually for coming on or wanting to be on the show. Um, maybe we'll, we'll have you on more often. Uh, for Chris and for Brandon, I'm going to skip the normal exit and just say uh, tune in next week when we do our E3 uh, wrap up, or uh, oh yeah, I should probably be paying attention to all that. <laughs> Considering E three is this week, uh, yeah. So make sure you go to facebook.com backslash nerdables and Twitter at nerdables show, and check us out on one of the podcast listening devices and stations. <laughs>